Before I get started, I want to make a deal with you uh, that if Texas is playing OSU, of course you'll be for Texas and I'll be for OSU. When Texas is playing uh, anybody else other than OSU, I will be for Texas. And when OSU is playing any other school other than Texas, you will be for OSU. Okay. Now, I want to show a hands that have made that deal with me. And if I don't get enough hands, I'm not speaking. So, okay, show of hands. All right, now I'll report back to OSU Central in two hours that I've just picked up another 500 supporters for OSU. So, okay, having said that, this, uh, we, okay, we did the website. How many of you been on, have been on the website? That's good. Okay, we now have had over 8 million, and we have now signed up for the Army 997,000. And our goal was a million, so we're obviously going to go over that. It could be that we'll hit a million here today. If you are the millionth one to hit that, you will win $10 million. That's not true. <laughs> you won't win anything. You will get to be the millionth, that's all. The, but I, what I'm doing is recruiting you for your own team. And what I mean with that is that I'm working for you, but this is all about your future, not mine. At 80, I can make it to the finish line. But your lifestyle and standard of living, if you don't get this fixed, is going to change. And I'm going to take you through that and show you what I mean, and I think you will when I get through. Concentrate with me, because this is about you. It's about my children. My, uh, my daughter is here today, uh, Jennifer Pickens, and my granddaughter, Joyce, and my grandson, Michael, are all here today. And why wouldn't they be? They live here. <laughs> and if, I, if I'm going to speak, they, you know, they'd have to come hear me. So, But anyway, this is about about uh, my, my kids, my grandkids and all, and people your age. Uh, this has gone on for a long, long time, 40 years. Uh, and what has happened to us in the country is that we have, in the United States, have never had an energy plan. And so today, and I, I like to mark on the board, somebody said he looks like a crazy professor at the board. Uh, whether I do or I don't, I like to make make these points. And we are now paying $700 billion for imported oil. That's at $140 a barrel. And that is a little less than 70% of all the oil we use in the United States. Now this comes from foreign sources. Some of those are friends and some are not. Some, in fact, are enemies of ours. So I'm convinced that our $700 billion that we pay for foreign oil is paying for both sides of the war. And then that starts to make you wonder how smart you are to be paying for both sides of a war. 
But worse than that is that uh, the resources, this isn't worse than that, but I'm gonna show you the resources that we have to work with to solve that problem. First, we have some oil, but only five million barrels a day. 85 million barrels a day is what the world produces. And we use 21 million of that. And we only have 5 million. But we have some natural gas liquids which reduce, uh, increase this number to about 7 million. So 85 million barrels, we are using 25% of the world oil supply every day. We only have 4% of the population and we only have 3% of the reserves of oil. This is a killer. We're using 25% of all the oil produced every day in the world. We have 4% of the population and 3% of the reserves. We have operated <clears throat> for 40 years as if we really have a lot of oil and we don't have. We don't have a lot of oil, but we do have resources. Go back to the first second resource that we have is coal, natural gas, wind, solar, biofuels, geothermal and hydro. Okay, maybe I left something out, but <clears throat> I got the ones that count. If we're gonna reduce the $700 billion that we're paying out for foreign oil, we only have two here that can help us. Biofuels, but that's been a pain in the neck, that's the ethanol, and now we've got problems in Mexico because of uh, the cost of uh, of uh, corn, but what, uh, I've drawn a blank. What do we make? The, the what? Tortillas. <laughs> Sorry, I, I am getting a little weary. But, uh, but we're causing people problems all around because we've used the corn for uh, ethanol and will it work? Yes, it'll work. It's not a good fuel. It has to be subsidized, but I would honestly rather have ethanol than I would foreign oil. So when you leave here, if you don't leave with anything other than this, I am for anything that's American. I do not want foreign oil. So I'm for hydro, I'm for uh, nuclear. I didn't put that on there. Nuclear, I'm for everything that's American, okay. I'm going to reduce the 700 billion and the only thing I can really do it on this list with that we have in America is natural gas. Am I for plug-in hybrids? Absolutely. I'm for anything that's ours. So just so you know, so the first person that goes to the microphone and asks a question, it says, are you for? If it's American, yes, I'm for it. So don't ask the question. Okay, so here is the problem. The 700 billion, 70%, if we go 10 years forward, 
like we've gone the last 40 years. We will now, let's fast forward to 2018, I'll be 90 years old and you'll be 10 years older and this is your problem by that time I'm not going to, uh, I hope I can have an interest in it of course, but I'm not going to be doing this 10 years from now. But 10 years forward, 2018, we will be importing 75% of our oil. And I can promise you this, you will be paying $300 a barrel for it. So the 700 billion will go up to something like $2 trillion by 2018. And you can't afford that. You will not be able to, healthcare will be something you won't have to bother with because you can't pay for it. Education, uh, social security reform, you won't have the money to do it. So now this is getting pretty serious. You, you see the problem, you see what's gonna happen if you go 10 years forward and do nothing. I've felt like, I know about this, and you say, well, if you knew about it, why in the hell did you say something? I am, I'm here saying something to you today. I was at Ann Arbor last week at Michigan and the week before at Georgetown, but I can tell you the questions that are gonna be asked, because they're asked the same, from the same, the audience always has the same questions. And you are concerned and you will get concerned because you believe I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm talking about. Okay, now the way we're gonna solve it, you see the problem, now I'm gonna give you the solution. It's, a t it's two steps that I know I've got to get to natural gas. Natural gas <clears throat> is the only one in the group that can materially lower the, uh, the imports of oil. Interesting, I've met now with Senator McCain, Senator Obama, and Governor Palin, and uh, that uh, with Senator McCain, he's very focused on, on uh, nuclear. Uh, and we talked about all of this. He was very uh, respectful of me and, and responsive and all, and the meeting was, was very productive. With Senator Obama, he is focused on plug-in hybrids. And I told him, I said, that Senator, I said that uh, you're very proud of the fact that you're gonna have one million plug-in hybrids um, in 10 years. And he kind of straightened up, you know, when you, when you think you're being challenged, you, you sit up, you don't slump down. And he said, I mean, he said, and he, he said, I'm going to have one million plug-in hybrids in 10 years. And I said, well, Senator, I said, if we looked out the window on that parking lot, I said, one million cars would look big, wouldn't it? He said, yes, it would look big. I said, you need to think much, much bigger. We have 250 million vehicles in America, and we're turning them out 17 million a year. And he, he looked at me, kind of smiled, he said, one million's not very many, is it? I said, no. You've got to get to a big number because we're importing so much oil. So I said, you, the only thing we have that we can get to a big number with is natural gas. Natural gas is the only fuel that we have. And when I got to this point with Senator McCain, he said, you're asking me to pick winners. I said, no, sir. I said, not pick winners. It's the only thing we have. We don't have any options. This is the only one we have to reduce foreign oil. 
in large numbers. Now, I want to go with the natural gas, but hold it for a second, and I want to show you the first step to this. Natural gas, when you look at the power generation pie, 50% of our power, electricity, is generated by coal. 20% nuclear, and 22% is natural gas. Now, I'm going to paint a little bit with a broad brush at this point because, and I want you to know, I'm not going to be able to get all that 22% natural gas uh, over to transportation fuel because some of it has to be used for peaking on wind. For instance, wind doesn't blow all the time, you know that. And I want solar in this too, and solar doesn't operate uh, every day, 24 hours. So I have to peak those two fuels with natural gas, but I can release a lot of the natural gas from power generation. I don't need 22%. But I'm gonna show 22% throughout my, uh, my uh, illustration here to you because I wanna show you a number that we can attain in this country that's gonna be the solution to the problem we're faced with. Now, the whiteboard becomes now the United States. East Coast, West Coast, Canada, Mexico. <clears throat> Here is extremely important to my plan is Sweetwater, Texas. Sweetwater, Texas was a typical rural American town. It had peaked and declined in, in uh, population, peaked at 12,000, had gone below 10,000, now has the population above 12. Why? Wind. Wind energy has been developed at Sweetwater, Texas, and they have 3,000 megawatts. That's big. Three thousand megawatts and twenty-five percent of the jobs in the town are wind-related. Now, I know a lot of you are from small towns in Texas or Oklahoma or Louisiana or wherever, and you know what I'm talking about. I'm from a small town in eastern Oklahoma, which at one time was eight thousand and it's now five thousand. I was in the cemetery two years ago and I got to looking at it and I thought, "Gee, my Christmas! This is one huge cemetery." And a friend of mine was from Holdenville, and <clears throat> I was there visiting a family plot. And I said, my gosh, I said, that you've got more people buried than you have in the town. And he said, that happened 10 years ago. So the towns are dying is what's happening. But here, this town can be duplicated. You can go to Goodwill, Kansas, and Hastings, Nebraska, and and Rapid City, South Dakota, and Fargo, North Dakota, and the wind corridor looks like this. You can put in it just about all the power you want to put in it. We use, or we're, we don't use, we're built out about three times as much as we need use so we can hit peak periods. 987,000 megawatts of power is what we're built out to now. We need another 200,000 megawatts in the next 10 years. That can be done in this corridor with wind. Now you have the, the solar corridor that looks like this, that goes 
from West Texas to uh, California. All of this can happen. The reason it hasn't happened, very simply, you can say, well, you didn't have the leadership in Washington. That's probably true. We should have had somebody that could stand up in front of an audience and explain to the audience, the country, what the problem was. We didn't have that happen. And I wondered whether they were telling the truth or just didn't know. I've confirmed they didn't know. They didn't understand. But what saved the, uh, not saved, but it kept us from the problem and the solution was because we had cheap oil. We had cheap oil is where it was. And we need nothing about alternatives, nothing. Now, here we've got a chance now to use the wind and that will reduce, that will reduce when we use the wind, we'll release some natural gas. And I'm gonna give you a number that I took this to the White House six months ago and got a good audience. The president gave me an hour and 15 minutes and the Secretary of Energy, Sam Bodeman was there and I showed them, I said, look, we gotta do something about the 700 billion. They agreed, everybody, they understand. I'm gonna go back to the, to the power, the 22% here that natural gas provides. And now I'm going to do, take the, the Department of Energy study of April 07, which clearly shows you can do 22% wind for power. So I'm gonna simply take that 22% wind for power, and I'm going to replace the natural gas, and I'm gonna take the natural gas out, and I'm gonna get you a number that is gonna really help us on the 700 billion. If we did that, we could reduce the 700 billion by 38%. Is that really, it's that simple. But you're gonna to need to fully understand what we're talking about here. You're gonna ask me questions in just a minute. And uh, you're gonna understand it. You're gonna go back and talk about it and then you're gonna see more about it. Now, how did I get in the position that I'm in where I'm around talking to University of Texas and, and uh, other schools and town hall meetings all over the country and all? <clears throat> I've committed $58 million to this project and I will stay with it <clears throat> through the first 100 days of this administration. Uh, the, the reason I did it is because I kept talking about it and I became very concerned that we were importing more and more oil. In, in uh, uh, 1970, we peaked, the United States did on oil production at 10 million barrels a day. Today, we're producing five million barrels. <clears throat> we are still in decline and will be. We're, we're a marginal producer now and I, I couldn't believe that in 1970 we were importing 24% of our oil. By the time we got to 1991 in the Gulf War, we were, we were importing 42%. And I became concerned at that point and started making speeches that we can't do this, we can never go to 50% imports. 
of foreign oil because the security of the country's at risk and, and the cost of it is, is not sustainable. But I said if we go to 2000 and have done nothing, we will be importing 60%. We were. At 2000, we were importing 60%. Now we're just under 70%. Now I know I'm being a little bit repetitious at this point. I want you to remember this because we are, it is getting worse and we cannot sustain anything like this. But when I really got leverage was when you started paying $4 for gasoline. That's when everybody said, wait a minute, oil price is now $100 a barrel and it looks like it's going up. And I had no idea I would ever be doing this, but you are doing this. And so now we, I'm gonna give you, I've given you the solution. We're gonna reduce this by 38% by using natural gas and you use the natural gas for the trucks, not for your car. But what will happen, you'll end up in a car like I'm in. I practice what I preach. I have a Honda GX Civic. That's a natural gas vehicle. And it cost me about $4,000 more than the Honda GX gasoline model. Uh, the, the Honda Civic, not GX. GX is, I think, the natural gas. The, uh, and I fuel that car at home. I, I have a fueling device called a fill, P-H-I-L-L. And I just plug it in at night, and the next morning I'm full. The car is a commuter car. It's not to be, don't confuse it, that I'm going to get in this car and drive to Chicago. Uh, if I do, I can make it, but I've got to do some planning before I get there <clears throat> to figure out where these natural gas stations are that, uh, that are all over, they're across the country, but not not like a uh, gasoline station. But I'm not selling you that car. I'm just telling you what I've done. But we feel like that we're in the third wave of selling this to everybody, that what we're gonna have to do. The fourth wave will be the patriotic one, where you'll, you'll want, your next car will be the clean car. The Honda uh, GX Civic is the cleanest car in the world, uh, fuel car. Now I know you're going to give me uh, the, uh, the, the electric car, but we're not quite there yet, but it'll also be very clean. But electric is for lightweight uh, application, and it does not move, a battery will not move an 18-wheeler. So you're, uh, so before that question comes up. And I see natural gas as the bridge to the next generation of fuel which will be the battery or it'll be the fuel cell. So we, but again, we have got to get off the foreign oil. So natural gas is gonna take us to the next generation, which will be about 20 or 30 years. Now I've, uh, uh, start lining up to ask me questions because I'm about ready for you to ask. So go ahead and get up and move to the microphone because I'm gonna conclude here on my, these remarks in about two minutes. They, so, it's, it's a simple, as I see it, a simple, I've got to tell you, in Washington, if they get a, if uh, anybody in Washington walks up to a pool table where the balls have been, uh, you know, you've had the break and the balls are there, they walk to the table and see only combination shots that one, two, or three balls have to hit each other and knock one in the corner pocket. When I walk up to a table, that's ready for you to start shooting, I see only straight ends. 
I don't like complicated things. None of the things I've told you are R&D. I'm too old to wait for R&D. I'm too old to make a combination shot. And I, I see only, only straight ends. And so I have a model for everything I've told you. So we'll start off with that question there. Uh, this is a really easy straight in. Um, conservation, um, that's, uh, you're talking about the future electricity needs. Uh, I believe that could be cut to a fraction if we had a massive uh, national patriotic effort uh, to reduce our consumption. I walked the halls of this building, saw oh. not one single compact fluorescent bulb, not a single, and this in university, okay, that's, let me, that's upsetting. I'm gonna cut you off on this because I wanna respond quickly to these so I can get through the, the, the people. So what you need, you need a national grid. The grid that we have, somebody said the other day, said if Thomas Edison came back, he would be surprised. He would see some of the stuff he installed before he died. It's almost that old. It truly is almost that old. Uh, from the experts, and I have a lot of them that are working for me, they say if we had a national grid, we could cut, we could be 20% more efficient with that grid. And we could work the wind, we could work the solar in, we could work everything else. The problem with the grid is you're gonna have to have excess quarters out of the Great Plains of the United States to move the power generated. And that may be a difficult one. My answer to that is, is to go with the Eisenhower Interstate Highway Plan. If we had done, if we had not done the interstate highways, think where we would be today. It would be a much different country than it is. The, the grid will do so many things for us if we get that. And I think that, I think you're gonna have, and, and my whole plan when I did this was nonpartisan. I have no candidate. They said in the Austin paper today that I, I was supporting John McCain. That's not true. I'm not supporting either candidate. And uh, I don't know how in the interview yesterday when I, with the reporter, that she thought I said that because I, but I don't have a candidate. Get a correction in. Pardon me? Get, get a correction in on that. Get a correction? Okay, I bet we do. We, we need to get one. So, they, uh, okay, question over here. Okay, uh, thanks for coming, Mr. Pickens. Um, before you say yes, and because it's American, um, just keep in mind that this technology is causing as higher asthma rates in our future generations. Um, would you be willing to push for a moratorium on all new coal plants in the U.S. that emit global warming pollution? Well, we're over to global warming. I knew we'd get there real quick. The, uh, uh, well, I, I'm in good communication with Al Gore. Uh, listen, if you ever have the opportunity to go to lunch with Al, <clears throat> let him order. Uh, I had lunch with him last Wednesday in New York. He orders cheeseburgers and fries. <laughs> Fabulous. I don't order them, but I sure eat them, uh, if somebody else will. Al, you know what his position is. I mean, he's, he's fighting global warming. Good, it's a good case, and I'm for, I told him I'm for you 100%. He said, why can't we join together? And I said, well, Al, the first thing is, I said, you want things to happen faster than they're gonna happen. You wanna get on the, the, on the battery <clears throat> faster than the batteries available to us. Uh, and I, your question is that we would, uh, any future coal plants, or we, we, we would uh, cut off coal plants? Future coal plants. Future coal plants. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to get all the, all the support that I can get and not open up on any more fronts. Uh, I probably would, my answer to the future coal plants, no. I'd say 
uh, you know, get them clean. Can you clean up coal? Clean coal doesn't exist. Like okay. All right. I, I, I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem. But it is a natural resource here. And uh, if we could use coal, and if you can't get it clean, you can't get it clean. I don't want to get into this discussion because I, I'm, I'm still focused on the $700 billion and the 70% uh, imports. So let me go to over here. Thank you, Mr. Pickens. Uh, I hear what you're saying, uh, natural gas is a bridge, but it's a non-renewable resource. Could you generate more energy for your plan currently by recognizing that we've got to pass through our natural gas phase to go to a renewable new source, resource? Oh, I see, I, the, the, the way I see this works is you, you have to have the bridge because you're not ready to do the job and natural gas is 80% cleaner than gasoline and diesel. And so you, you're lucked out. The, the resource we have is better than the one we're buying. Right, but could you emphasize that since it's a non-renewable one, we are gonna move beyond that to something better so people would feel we're well, moving forward. Well, that's what I say. The bridge is gonna take you to where you wanna go. But you've gotta, you've gotta have some time to get there. But see, you're gonna get the renewable, if my plan works, the, the wind corridor, you could put, two, instead of 200,000 megawatts in there, you could put 400, 600,000 megawatts. But what's happened to us during the time that this has all happened, 40 years, we've never been tasked to do anything about energy in America. Every time the price of oil dropped down and, and you started to talk about uh, alternatives, well then, excuse me, the price went up, you started talking about alternatives, then the price would go down, and everybody said, well, you can't afford it, so there's no use talking about it any further. But I think there'll be more ideas that will come out of this country as we go. Conservation, absolutely, big, big item. But I'm not putting it in mind because I'm trying to stay on message with my deal. I understand you have to stay on message and we have to be focused, but if you could just suggest where we're actually going and headed, you well, I just got through saying we're going to the battery or you're going to the hydrogen okay, fuel cell. Great, great. Just be sure to put it forefront so we all know we're going in the right direction. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, stay in there. I mean, if you got a point, stay in there until I answer the question. That's all right with me. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Yes, you, you drew the wind corridor and the solar corridor for us on the board there. And uh, you spoke about the need for the national grid. So from that, uh, if you hadn't already noticed, you, you could, you'd realize that these natural resources are nowhere close to the major load centers in North America. So my question for you um, is how do you think we get state governments and regulatory agencies to work together to build major transmission infrastructure across state lines uh, in the way that we built highways during the Eisenhower administration. Okay, I've got it. i got the question. This, uh, this is my response to it. Go with the Eisenhower Interstate Highway Plan. It's an emergency. It is a crisis. There's no question that what I'm talking about up here is an emergency and it is, it is a crisis. You remember when we got the interstate highways when we were in the Cold War and we were going to have to have highways to move military equipment around if something uh, horrible happened to us. And that, I think, was, uh, and it, it went pretty smooth, too. And I somehow think, you know, if you have the leadership in Washington, whether it be Obama or McCain, and you have a Congress that's willing to work together on this and 
get away from We ought to shoot anybody that puts those earmarks in there. I don't know how you all feel about that. That is horrible. And, it, you know, we can't even get a clean bill for anything. It, somebody sticks something in. Anyway, I don't like that stuff. Okay, but that's the way I see it unfolding. And it, uh, you can't, if, if we're going to go, you know, state by state, state, you know, it's okay, pretty easy in the West because of federal lands. Yeah, it'll get very, very complicated going east. And I would like to see the <clears throat> Congress pass that all utilities, everybody's going to have to have 20% renewables in the portfolio. Uh, I'd like to see that. And I don't know how you all feel about it, but that's, that's important. I'm, I'm pretty green. I mean, uh, uh, my mother used to say green is a gourd. I don't know whether I'm that green or not, but I, I, I can pass the saliva test. Yeah, let me. Mr. Pickens, thank you, um, thank you for your efforts to drive America towards cleaner energy and energy independence. What'd do she you, say? You, she was just thanking you for bringing it. I can't hear you because you're okay, not. Okay, I'll be louder. Is this better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, better. Awesome. The United States is estimated to hold 3% of the world's reserves of natural gas. The two largest holders are Russia and Iran. Granted that the U.S. is among the world's top energy users, are you really confident that a plan that relies so much on natural gas as a fuel source will put us on a path to energy independence? This, uh, I never have said energy independence, okay? That, I want to comment about that. Richard Nixon was the first person running for president that I can remember that said, elect me and we'll be energy independent. And I'll be damned if everybody that has run for president after Richard Nixon to today Every one of them says, elect me and we'll be energy independent. And not one time, and I told the Washington Press Club <clears throat> three weeks ago, I said, and I hold you responsible for this one, that nobody ever said, wait a minute, how are you going to do it? How is it going to happen? Just kind of give us a, a hint. Nobody ever held them uh, accountable. I mean, they went through four years or eight years. Nothing ever came up again about it. And now, here, here we are. That, uh, and if you take the two candidates we have now, and this is one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing, they are going to have a plan for us by November 4th. That's, thank you. That they're going to have to have a plan. They now talk about, you've got, Obama says, we're going to cut off all imports from the Mideast in 10 years. I would not have said that. I would be afraid the people that have the oil might put me on a different schedule for when I got cut off <laughs> instead of 10 years. But he didn't ask me my opinion on it. They, and, you know, and McCain uh, says, you know, we're $700 uh, billion a year is not sustainable. We can't live with that. And then you wait, okay, Senator, what are you going to do about it? He just says, you. That, that won't work. But he doesn't tell you how to fix it. So here, that's uh, one of my calls. If you sign up in my army, <clears throat> we are going to put pressure on them. And I am going to follow every one of these uh, people that are elected to Congress or Senate, President, whatever they're elected to. They've had an opportunity to tell us that I have a plan. My plan will work. It will work. But there could be a better plan. 
And if somebody comes up with a better plan, I promise you, I will sign up for their plan. I'm, I, I'm a, thank you. I am an American, and I'm up here speaking to you as a fellow American, not as a candidate for anything, nothing. So I'm not raising money, and I'm not running for office. So, but I, I would like to get this problem fixed before I get too old to try to fix it. But we're gonna, we've got to get from both these candidates a plan. I think we're going to get it. I somehow think Bob Schieffer is on the next debate. I think he's going to pin them down. I hope so. Sir, um, you didn't address the natural gas. That it's oh, the natural gas. Good and question. And the fact that it's mostly from Thanks for staying. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for the natural gas. We have developed in the shale basins. This, I go back, I think this is divine intervention because we have shown up with the gas to do the job I want to do. <clears throat> we thought the largest gas reserves that we had left in the United States were on the Arctic coastal plain. 39 trillion cubic feet of gas. Nice, but we've done much better than that. The largest gas field in the United States today is the Barnett Shale, which covers five and a half counties in North Texas. I can actually see the, the largest gas field uh, in the United States out my office window. They've drilled under the DFW runways. It then covers clear over to uh, Fort Worth and then south to Johnson County and all, but that's 50 TCF of gas. That came because our engineers developed a way to fracture the shale. Carboniferous shales contain a great amount of gas. I'm a geologist, and we so all knew. Good. Who is? Oh, you are. Good for you. Good. Okay. Well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm surprised you asked me the question. concern is that we still, that we have, in comparison to the rest of the world, we only have very little natural gas. We only have 3%, which is the same amount no, but as... Well, you're not up to date. How much do we have then? The, go, when you get out, are you out of school yet? Or are you still working on your PhD or what? I am a third year um, undergraduate. Okay, undergrad. Okay, you're going to be, you're going to be looking for a job someplace, I guess, if you're going to go into industry with Chesapeake or are uh, one of the companies that have developed the shale, or the shale gas. But we have now the Haynesville over in North Louisiana, which looks like it's five times as large as the, uh, as the, uh, uh, the Barnett Shale in, uh, in North Texas. Okay, then you have in Appalachia, you have the Marcellus Shale, and then you have the Fayetteville in Arkansas, and then you got the Woodford in Oklahoma, and then you got the Barnett again in West Texas. We have the gas. We have the gas, and I want to take that gas into the trucks. 70% of, uh, the, of the transportation fuel we use every day goes to goods movement trucks. That's where I want the natural gas to be used, is, is trucks. So uh, not in your cars, but that'll happen over time. But we have plenty of natural gas. At, we're now up to, we use uh, 23, TCF of gas a year in the United States. And our reserves now, I think, are somewhere around 750 TCF of gas. So we have, we've got, but that's why I tell you, it's only a bridge. I mean, this is not uh, ad infinitum. This is going to last about 20 years. Okay. 
Uh, Mr. Pickens, as of late, I've been very interested in your plan, as well as other private companies that are doing similar initiatives to try to solve the, I guess, the alternative energy crisis. So my question is, is as a non-engineering student, or I guess specifically a finance student, what, what, what would your suggestions be um, for someone entering the job force in the near future about how to get involved in this idea of, of alternative energy and what companies maybe would be? The, the, uh, you're looking for a job, and this isn't uh, what we're doing here today, but in cool. answer to your question, you're going to have great opportunities in <laughs> this career. Yeah. You are. And it's, I mean, you can get in the manufacturing side or you can get into the, uh, to the producing side or whatever, but they're going to be, this is going to be great. Ted Turner, you all know Ted Turner. Uh, Ted's a good friend of mine, and he said, and I agree with him, that when you go to the green economy, you will have the greatest economy uh, that America has ever seen. I believe that. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to bother to follow up further on the uh, the natural gas question. But just you know, be aware that if you do you know put money into a natural gas infrastructure for our cars here, that you'll be creating a market for a source that is the largest in two countries that are not exactly good friends of ours, which are Russia and Iran. So you know we've been on an IV tap from Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for the last however many years, getting giving them our 700 billion. And I understand there's enough for us to do our bridge, and that's what I want to get to is the bridge concept. But um, just following up from her question, it seems to me that it's not wise Talk to create, microphone. Talk that it's not wise to create a plan that creates a market that can be taken advantage of by people that are hostile to our interests. That would create a market, why? It, increasing the market for natural gas, as a, getting us in the United States hooked on natural gas as the way to run our vehicles when the two largest reserves are in Iran and Russia, it okay. seems like shooting us in the foot. Well, but I just got to tell you, I think we got plenty of well, natural enough gas. For, enough so. for the bridge, and that's why I want to get to the bridge concept. And I do really appreciate that you're, you're really pulling, pushing that this yeah, but, is only a bridge. Yeah, but you're back to where I was with Senator McCain. I mean, okay, if you don't like my bridge, what do you have? I have conservation, I have plug-in hybrids, oh, I have wind and solar. And that's my question to you, is that it's great oh, to build a bridge. Wait a minute, yeah, you're ta you talk too fast. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll uh, slow down. <laughs> okay, yeah, just slow down a second. Okay. Yeah, okay, plug-in hybrid, it, it doesn't get you any numbers. That's Senator Obama's idea. We've got to get up into huge numbers, is what we have to do. And so, I mean, it's really dreamy to say that. Well, well I'll go with the plug-in hybrid. Well, I mentioned conservation Well, it doesn't move first. an 18-wheeler. So it's a, you aren't there with that technology yet. The only thing we've got is the natural gas to do what we have okay. to do. And we only have it for, say, a 20-year period because the geologist down there tells me we only have 3% uh, of, the, of the gas. And by but we have more than that, and, and you need to look into that. By the way, so that's from the Energy Information Agency, which is an agency of the U.S. federal government that's supposed to keep track of that. So that is updated information from the U.S. government. So I think you should take that up with the... the uh, I'm sorry, I think you should take that up with the energy people of the U.S. government because that's where her you numbers think are I coming should? from. Well, if you're in contact with them, I haven't gotten an hour and 15 I don't, minutes. I've already got the theory. information. I've already, okay. I'm answering the question. Anyway, okay. You just don't like my answer. Okay. okay. All right. They, well, let me tell you. Uh, no, enough. You get the hook. They, <laughs> see, by popular applause, they, but second, that the Iranians and the Russians do have the, the most natural gas in the world. The Iranians, uh, two months ago, announced they were switching all their vehicles over to natural gas. Huh. Why is that? Because it's cheaper, it's cleaner, and they have an abundance of it. 
It's cheaper, it's cleaner, and we have abundance. So we have the same thing they do. Why do they get to be ahead of us? That what? Oh, no, come on, don't, don't, let's don't try to debate, we're not going to debate this, but the point of it is they're using natural gas now, but what is Gazprom, the Russian company, what are they doing? They're building natural gas fueling stations all over Europe for the same reasons that we would use it. Now, second, that there are eight and a half million vehicles in the world today on natural gas. We have 142,000 of them. We have nothing. Other people that have natural gas use natural gas for transportation. We have it and don't use it. Okay. Hi. Um, my question or comment works about the, uh, the nature of wind blowing little and blowing a lot at times where you have more capacity than you can convert to energy to sell to back to the uh, electrical utilities. And I would like, I suggest that you should look into using that excess power to get for biomass gasification. You, from that, you can get natural gas. That's another American deal. I'm for that. I'm for it 100%. I don't know anything about it, though. Well, maybe somebody your team can, you know. See, I don't think you that. can get enough biomass to okay. get to the numbers we have, we have to get to. We have 24 million ton, billion tons a year of agricultural residue, and that's from the DOE. Okay, well, that's good. I yeah, like so it. we have plenty. We just got to start using it. Okay, let's use it. That's a good idea. But I'm for anything American. I know I'm sending out $700 billion a year. So something must be slipping somewhere that we're not using all these things that are available to us and not conserving as much as we should. But all of that is going to come together. Once it's explained properly, the American people will rally, and it'll be nothing to do with politics. It'll all be about us and our future is what this is all about. Okay. Your plan seems um, highly focused on natural gas as a transportation fuel. Um, what about the infrastructure costs to get, you know, the vast majority of transportation to natural gas? And why not, instead of investing that in infrastructure changes, invest that in renewables and um, in the expansion of natural gas for electric power generation? and, and you know, so use that money for that in investment and green the grid and then, and then expand plug-in hybrids um, because you can't do natural gas. What, what you're saying is unrealistic. You can't get to where you want to be fast enough. So you're better off to get off the foreign oil and reduce the 700 billion. You lose sight of the 700 billion is what you're doing. What, you, what you're saying, there's nothing wrong with it, except it won't work fast enough. The only way you can get there is on the natural gas. I am focused on natural gas. You're exactly right. I'm surprised none of you ask how much natural gas do I own. Well, I mean, that, that has to come up too. But, um, you know, what I'm saying is that the same amount of investment for infrastructure could be used for generating the wind and the solar right now. You yeah. green that grid and then you use that to, to transform uh, transportation from hydrocarbons to renewables. If we sat down and talked for an hour, I think you would agree with what I'm telling you. I'm doing everything I can to get to the green, and that is the wind and the solar. But you have to look at the timing of all this and understand that you have got to go quickly 
to something that's going to reduce the 700 billion. It's a ticking bomb. I mean, it's, who said that the other night? Was it McCain? One of, the, one of the candidates said something about a ticking bomb, and I use that all the time, and I thought, hmm, maybe they picked that up for me. Okay. 